religion, this, these underlying um, contradictions that seem to be driving uh, the intensity of the current of the current political landscape, Tom. What do you make of that? I understand your optimism here, but that hasn't been resolved, it seems to me. Well, um, I defer to your works, which I've read and admired. Um, I I think that there is a 20% of America that basically is white nationalist uh, that in recent years felt permission to act out on that uh, and were given permission by the president and the Republican Party. I think the large bulk of Americans don't like white nationalism, especially violent white nationalism, and they are reacting to it now and saying enough is enough. Uh, you people go back under your rock. So, Tom, mm-hmm. while I agree with your assessment about uh, the lessening danger of a civil war among Americans, uh, there is a view, a feeling that there is a virus out there, an infection caused by specifically largely one person over the last five or six years. That person is no longer in office. And the people who are most susceptible to catching one of the permutations of this virus are Americans who have suffered some sort of sense of loss over the past 10 or 15 years, whether it's the loss of a child in war, the loss of a home due to the economic collapse. They've suffered a sense of loss and still live with it. And they are the most susceptible to this virus of whether you call it white nationalism or people who just don't believe in government and want to overthrow any existing form of government. What are your Mm -hmm. thoughts on that? Yes, I think the sense that, especially for older white men, that they can no longer define American society on their own terms, uh, deeply antagonizes some people. Yet, I think when that leads to violence, it is so off-putting to the majority of Americans that it's a losing position. Those people will be there. Uh, America has become a deeply unequal society, and a lot of people are getting screwed economically. And that driver will continue to be there. But when it turns to violence, I think that's a a deal breaker for most Americans. Okay, welcome. It's Wednesday, 7 September, Year of Our Lord, 2022. You're in the war room. A little bit, I guess they imply Madisonian uh, democracy, right? Uh, We got some Madisonians here, some Article 3 people. We have Mike Davis. We have Dave Brett. We have Steve Cortez. We're going to start off with uh, talking about the investigation in the economy. I want to start to Dave Brad first. By the way, people have been screwed, and they've been screwed by the uniparty elite uh, through the Federal Reserve and printing of money and crushing them economically. People are starting to awaken to that as the Europeans are starting to awaken to the fact that the woke Green New Deal radicals have completely eviscerated their energy uh, infrastructure, and now they're a society that's economically about to collapse. I don't say that. I mean, we say it all the time, but Axios today has picked it up that there's going to be a, um, a essentially a market collapse. They call it energy collapse in the next 90 days. We're going to get into all that. I want to start with Dave Bratt, Dean of the Business School at Liberty University, former congressman and an economist. Uh, Dave, walk us through. You've got an analysis today you want to walk us through. we got Cortez and myself. We're going to opine to that. Then the second block, we got Mike Davis a uh, former Secretary of Defense called Donald said what was found at Mar-a-Lago makes Donald J. Trump a clear and present danger uh, to the country. Uh, he should understand when he was there, the Secretary of Defense, he was playing footsie with China. And as we know, the CCP is the clear and present danger to the United States of America. Dave Brad, uh, you're on stage. Your economic uh, report for us, sir. Yeah, thanks, Steve. Yeah, I just want to go. Steve Cortez does a great job and, uh, you know, once in a while drops the depression bomb. And so uh, I just want to go over the uh, recurring story we've developed on the real economy is a carcass, a dead carcass laying there. And I'm going to go over a a year in review and show some of the magnitudes of the number uh, numbers that are in play in the tens of trillions of dollars. Right. And so if things do get off track, uh, and there's probabilities that it does, the, the big D word does come into play. And so I just want to start off with a fun quote, uh, and we can put up the first chart. The expected sugar rush from more stimulus is why the economy will run hot and then crash. As every parent knows, giving a child too much sugar leads to a rush of energy. Then comes the crash, where you find them 
in some odd place taking a nap. Well, uh, that's where we're heading. Here's J.P. Morgan. The black line is the government stimulus uh, going up into the $6 trillion range to the right of that graph in 2020 uh, when the economy is shrinking, the gold bar below it. Okay, so then that uh, huge uh, input of government spending causes uh, some economic growth in 2021. The question is, is that economic growth? So you have all of that government stimulus and it still stays quite high into 2022. And of course, now we're back down into a recession with two quarters of negative GDP growth. And so uh, in the midst of this, you know, JP Morgan and everyone back in 2021 is calling for a surge in economic activity. Uh, that was a surge in consumption, uh, which is not the same thing as economic activity. And that's that's what I'm trying to show in uh, in this uh set of charts. The next graph uh, shows uh, why more than a decade after uh, monetary and fiscal stimulus that adds to $37 trillion, $37 trillion. This is what the real economy would look like uh, shrinking at $8 trillion uh, by 2020 without any of that monetary or fiscal stimulus, uh, which shows the, uh, the pit in the stomach territory that we're looking at. Uh, another graph, uh, next one up, uh, shows the same thing, looking at government assistance. This is probably new to most people. You probably used to look at the left side of that graph, the uh, vertical index, about $3, 4000000000000 trillion. Uh, you're used to seeing the size of the uh, budgets uh, for the U.S. Uh, look to the far right of that graph. Government assistance is now uh, up to six in the $6 trillion range and makes up on the right graph 35% of all incomes uh, dependent on government transfers. Uh, by the way, the only other time government income support exceeded taxes paid was during the Great Depression, right? So government support greater than all taxes collected. Uh, go to the next chart. This is the biggie. Uh, Ed Dowd did a good job on uh, some of this stuff yesterday. And uh, I wanted to get at, at uh, this one. Uh, if interest rates rise, uh, which they are, and now the Fed is committed uh, to raising rates, and we'll see if they've got the stomach and the discipline, uh, what's at stake? Uh, this graph shows GDP growth at the bottom, uh, the gray line, and then uh, the growth of all debt, right? Uh, government, uh, consumer, business debt at now $75 trillion. Uh, with interest rates growing, that is the problem that puts a pit in your stomach. And then one of the things I, I have ignored, uh, I probably shouldn't have, but that uh, gold line is velocity, the velocity of money. That thing, if you look at the right index, uh, the right uh, vertical axis, it, it, velocity has gone from two down to one. Uh, that line should be going up, showing a vibrant economy. Instead, it's going down, showing a non-vibrant economy. Uh, but if, if you know your macro, right, the, the Milton Friedman uh, equation is MV equals PQ, right? So M is the money supply times velocity. And usually we ignore velocity. Uh, it, it doesn't change by that much. But when you have a, a, a factor of two on that chart down to one, what that means is the Fed has to print twice as much money, twice as much money, M2, to make up for that decline in velocity, so that's uh, the, the Fed uh, just spastic behavior over the last uh, years, throwing money out there. Uh, then we start hooking this up uh, to the real economy. Uh, as the Fed withdraws that money, uh, the banks are going to have to provide credit in some massive way to make up for the, the drop in money supply. Uh, and so uh, we're... And, and this is just concluding last year's story, right? And so they're predicting kind of a, a, a another layman uh, bank run causing another financial crisis of that magnitude. So let's go up to the next uh, chart and get at where we're at right now. This is earnings, uh, otherwise known as profits, uh, still way above uh, any any real story connected to the real economy, right? So profits, earnings, all the analysts still have earnings at this. You can you can see the uh, the uh, the huge rate of increase at the far right, uh, earnings going past 
any uh, any rational uh, forecast of what earnings should be based on real economic growth. And uh, the, the authors of the, this is all from Zero Hedge. I'm going to post all this today at, at Brat Economics. But all this in the face of the headwinds that we all know about. Uh, changes to the tax code, increases in borrowing costs, right? The interest rates are going up, increased wage costs uh, already, inflationary pressures, decreased demand, slower economic growth. And so the next chart shows uh, the reality that we're coming to right now. And that this one is going to cause, right? So there's earnings, uh, S&P earnings. Uh, the big blue bars uh, is recent activity in the past year or so. But look at 2022 and the estimates going forward for earnings, right? And I don't like paying attention to the stock market uh, because it kind of distracts from the real economy, uh, but it's the only thing that catches the headline. And so you see what the headlines are going to be. They're going to be uh, earnings are going to get crushed uh, coming up. Uh, how do we know that? Next chart. Uh, here are a couple charts uh, that link the real economy the output index. Output is what matters, right? That's is the is the, is the real economy doing all right or not? Uh, so here's an economic output composite index made up uh, of all the uh, all the indicators of uh, real GDP from the Federal Reserve to the Chicago Board uh, to the uh, to the uh, consumer sentiment and all these indices put together in one output index. And you'll see at the far right. That output index is perfectly lined up with the leading indicators, and it's going down, down, down. So real output is going down. Manufacturing is currently going down. Uh, and that leading economic indicator series in the blue is also going down almost exactly with it. And so the last chart uh, just uh, shows uh, what we expect. Uh, earnings estimates are going to decline uh, with real economic uh, growth, right? So oh, the no, real economy, yeah. yep. The let real economy. You, going, on, yep. Let me show you about the the earnings projection because here's where the rubber meets the road. And Cortez, yep. jump in here. The headline lead story headline in the Wall Street Journal today. That's why your analysis is so prescient. Junk loan defaults trigger jitters about credit crunch. The earning because the earnings it's cash. These companies inability because the real economy. I'll put that back up there. The, um, the 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 junk bonds you can tell right now the junk bonds there you have a zombie apocalypse of companies coming. What a day Brett just said, the real economy and they're not generating cash. Remember EBITDA is an opinion, even earnings are an opinion. Cash is a fact because you can you can you know with accounting and all types of gap accounting and acquisition accounting and all that you can play around with earnings. You can't play around with cash. Cash is what you generate to pay back. The creditors, you look at the top of the cap table. Don't worry about the stocks right now. This is going to be a massive credit crunch. Dave, Brett, hang right there. Steve Cortez, give me a minute on Dave Bratz, and we're going to hold yes. Dave through the, through the break for a few minutes. Your thoughts? Well, superb analysis, as always, from the good professor. You make an important point here, too, Steve. It's not just individuals who have borrowed, who who unfortunately got really over their skis in terms of debt. We know that uh, credit card borrowing in the United States, $46 billion in the second quarter, the highest level in 20 years. But it wasn't just individuals. It was also companies feeding at the trough of low interest rates. And you're exactly correct. The, the looming credit crunch, particularly as it relates to corporate junk bonds or corporate high yield bonds. We've shown that chart before, the HYD, HYG, which is the ETF that tracks that. Uh, it signals enormous trouble ahead, not just for consumers, but also for the corporate sector. Now, and by the way, what what I mean by that, when it starts triggering defaults, that's going to lead to the layoffs because the first thing they're going to cut is people, Right keep people and buying and buying goods and things will tr trickle down through to the other companies hang over a second we're going to hold brad over you know he's got a punch dave brad's going to hold steve cortez is going to hold we got a whole segment with uh with um brother davis right uh former secretary of defense calling donald trump a clear and present danger but we're going to get back quickly to the zombie economy particularly dave brad points out about transfer payments and about tens of trillions of dollars. That's the system right now. And it's like crack cocaine. You're not gonna, the system can't get off it. That's what we're gonna discuss when we return in the war room. Everything's bigger and you are over. Cause we're taking down the CCP. Spread the word all through Hong Kong. We will fight till they're all gone. 
know what's never good? When your nation's supposed authority on economic policy completely misses the flashing red lights of impending inflation. Now, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen has finally admitted, quote, there's been an unanticipated and large shocks to the economy that have boosted energy and food prices and supply bottlenecks that affected our economy badly that I didn't at the time fully understand, end quote. You know who understands the real threat of inflation? People who invested in gold and silver with Birch Gold Group. They're protecting their savings from a highly turbulent economy by diversifying their 401k or IRA into gold, physical gold. It's not too late for you to take action now. Text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898 and get a free info kit on diversifying and protecting your savings with precious metals. With an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of satisfied customers, text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898. And get the real help from Birch Gold today. Again, text Bannon to 989898 to claim your free, no-obligation information kit on protecting your savings with gold. War Room Pandemic with Stephen K. Bannon. The epidemic is a demon, and we cannot let this demon hide. War Room Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. MyPillow.com, promo code War Room. We got all the sales up to the buy when we go in free, but they got this special on the per cat kale sheet. You Once you do this, you will never sleep in another sheet, right? Per kale sheets, is, the special is only for a limited time. So go check it out today. You will absolutely love these. When you need a good night's sleep, you go to MyPillow. Go check it out. MyPillow.com, promo code WARM. Go check this out today. Dave Brad, um, here's the problem. You got the Fed that's printing money, but the other problem is the fiscal side. We're jammed up, and there's not easy alternatives because this has gone on and on and on for so many years. That's what's going to happen yep. when they get back next week on Capitol Hill. You already saw the $47 billion of emergency spending they need. They don't have a budget. They don't have appropriations. September 30th, the end of the year, we're going to play yep. the same game. The continued resolution, just to kind of get your eye off the ball. Um, your, your your analysis about the $6 trillion or the $35 trillion, that's the, the nub of the problem, is that you've got a business model that is not financeable anymore. And you don't have yep. anybody with the courage to step up and say that. Dave Brad. Yeah, right. And so they say, how do you fix the problem? Well, the problem now is so big, we had to fix it early on. All of these things sound attractive, right? I, I used to be in Congress, and I just heard the headline, all the Republicans voted against an, an anti-inflation bill, right? And that's that's the problem. The, the, the politics is trumping rationality. I would have voted against that inflation bill because it causes inflation. So all the things coming out of the federal government sound good. They're crushing your life right now. Right. The Fed needs to get on a Taylor rule, the Federal Reserve. Uh, the federal government needs to be downsized and people need to stop going along uh, with these charades where you're promised free goods and green energy and all this while you see energy in Europe collapsing. Whatever's happening in Europe is coming our way in a year or two. It takes our socialists a year or two to copy that perfectly. Oh, and so, I think yes, market, we, I, I, yeah. I, by the way, I think the European energy crisis, the contagion is going to come much quicker than that. Yeah, you yeah, watch. Right. Not just not the policies. I'm talking about the Canadian capital yeah. markets. Yeah. Dave, hang on for one second. Let me bring in uh, Cortez, uh, yeah. your assessment of the zombie. It's a zombie apocalypse economy. The Wall Street Journal is always telling you, hey, go to the, go to the junk, go to the junk credits right now. These are the companies and there's thousands of them that employ tons of people are not going to be able to pay their bonds off. And they're going to you're going to start seeing BK after BK after BK. Steve Cortez. Look, that's the unfortunate reality. And Steve, you're right to connect this back to politics. The answer from Joe Biden, the answer from the leftists and the Democrats and some establishment Republicans will be what? It will be to spend more money as if that is somehow a solution when in fact it is a systemic part of the problem. If they succeed in actually spending more money, what will that do? It will massively further ratchet up what is already an inflationary crisis in this country. So your point is well taken. There are no easy choices. The Democrats will believe that the easy choice or the supposed solution is spending more money, which will only exacerbate what is already an historic inflation pinch upon working class America. 
they're going to come out and say that's the empathetic and actually it's going to destroy the working class and middle class more that's the the thing they're going to say hey we had the feelings you guys are the are the hard guys right now we need some tough medicine like volcker and reagan did back in the early 80s god bless them okay dave you're going to have this up later i know you get a a bounce where where do people get your analysis i know you're gonna put it up on getter but where else can they get it Yep, yep. Brat, Brat Economics at Getter, and then these segments are up on Rumble all the time. Just search Dave Brat and uh, and spread it to the young folks, the young scholars, the college students. Uh, everybody needs to be spreading uh, all the stuff you see on the war room with Cortez and, and all of us to the young people, uh, because unless you change the minds about you know the the constant Santa Claus at the federal government, like you said, they have the feelings. And the feelings, uh, everybody knows that the feelings are powerful. They overpower rationality. And if, if we live in a country guided by feelings instead of reason, uh, you get what you get, which is about come and do, as uh, I'm sure Cortez is going to hit coming up here. Dave Brat, honored to have you on here. I know you got a lot to do down today at Liberty. Thanks for joining us to kick us off today. Thanks. Great show. Thanks, Steve. Amazing analysis. We'll be putting this back up. Okay, talking about feelings and bitterness. Let's play. Do we have the clip? I want to introduce Mike Davis with a clip I want him specifically to, to, to watch. Let's go ahead and hit it. And so what is your reaction when you just hear the details, the list of the hundreds of classified documents, the latest reporting from The Washington Post that Donald Trump, now a private citizen out of office, had all this at his beach resort in Florida? I think you've been asking the question, why? I don't think it matters why. The fact that he had those documents in his possession is uh, offense enough, uh, subject to perhaps uh, criminal prosecution. If I had had those in my house after leaving office, uh, I would be in handcuffs by this time. And so I think the uh, Justice Department has gone out of its way to show deference to the former president that no other president in the history would have behaved in this fashion or had behaved in this fashion. So I think the Justice Department is going about it very methodically, very deferentially, I think that time has come to an end. Um, I go back uh, to the January 6th committee, uh, where it was uh, Judge, I think his name was Ludic, Ludic uh, a very mm-hmm. conservative uh, judge. He said that Donald Trump was a clear and present danger to democracy. That is confirmed over and over by these revelations. The notion that the former president had documents, highly classified documents in his possession and unsafe circumstances or any circumstances uh, puts our nation at risk, potentially. So I, I think there's no justification. Uh, there is no way they can say, oh, it was a mistake. I think that's uh, been disproved. And anyone who says that, I think, <coughs> flat out lie. Okay, I want to bring in, thank you, uh, bring us back. Let's go to Mike Davis. Mike Davis, is, is Donald J. Trump from what's been revealed at the raid and ransack of uh, Mar-a-Lago, is he a clear and present danger to the nation, sir? Clearly not. And Bill Cohen, who was President Clinton's Secretary of Defense, is a blowhard. And he said that if he were, if he did this, he'd be in, he'd be in handcuffs. Well, yeah, because he was not the president of the United States, as we've been saying since this, uh, since this raid happened five and a half weeks ago, whatever it was. That's. The president has the absolute constitutional power to declassify anything he wants. He he has the absolute statutory authority to uh, keep these records in the office of former president at Mar-a-Lago. They get, Congress provides former presidents with uh, staff, with security clearances, with secure office space or SCIFs, Secret Service protection to guard the paper records. It is, the Presidential Records Act does not distinguish between classified and non-classified records because presidents, former presidents are expected to have classified records in the office of former president. That's why they get these protections. And we have to remember uh, uh, Cohen's boss, Bill Clinton, took eight years of audio recordings of his presidency, including highly classified conversations that he had with foreign leaders and military advisors and intel advisors Bill Clinton put those in his sock drawer, uh, and there was there was no raid of his home. There was no intel assessment by the by the politicized DNI. There was no pearl clutching that we're seeing now. 
It's because the Presidential Records Act specifically contemplates that former presidents have these things. And they're, all this is about is they're trying to get Trump. They know that if Trump runs again, he's going to win the primary. He's going to beat Biden like a drum if Biden, if Biden can even make it to, to the next election. And that's what this is all about. Is It's about politics and it's about getting back Trump's declassified copy of the Crossfire Hurricane Records that Trump clearly declassified with his January 19th memo before he left office the next day. And that those records are so damning for, for Obama, Biden, Hillary, Susan Rice, Clapper, Brennan, the FBI, the intel community, because it shows that they made up this Russian collusion hope to influence the 2016 election. I've given you uh, two other pieces. I don't know if Denver has them or not, but one is Bill Barr and the other is Andrew Weissman. And they're saying what a terrible decision it was. And, and, and Bill Barr goes on and on and on. What is Bill Barr? Because I know it's on Twitter. You've been really kind of confronting him. What is Bill Barr's game here? You know, it's Bill Barr's such a disappointment here. I was actually the chief counsel for nominations, then Chairman Chuck Grassley, uh, when he was uh, when Bill Barr was going through to be the attorney general again. He is he was such a disappointment as attorney general. He for six months from June of 2020 until he left in December, he let BLM and Antifa destroy American cities. Uh, dozens got killed, billions in loss, uh, cities destroyed, police couldn't do their jobs, and Bill Barr was hiding under his desk. He didn't do a damn thing. And for him to come out now, maybe it's just because these guys have such huge egos that he can't stand that he's not the center of attention anymore. Maybe he's better that, that he had a falling out with Trump. Maybe he's trying to peddle his book, who knows? Uh, but Bill Barr is just 100% wrong as a legal matter as it relates to President Trump's constitutional uh, power to declassify records under Department of Navy versus Egan in 1988. He's, uh, Bill, Bill Barr is absolutely wrong about President Trump's statutory power under the Presidential Records Act to have these, pres uh, these records at Mar-a-Lago. He can make personal copies. He can take personal copies. He's, Bill Barr is just wrong, but he doesn't. His ego is too big to for him to admit that he's wrong. Um, the judge and everything in the judge said is backed up what you said. Is this is this investigation basically over? Even Vanity Fair said it's going to be now you have a special master. It's going to be months or even years to get this investigation uh, in, in the 30 seconds. Mike, is this thing essentially dead in the water? Yeah, I mean, yes, they, they, they don't have a case. There's not, it is legally impossible for President Trump to have violated the Espionage Act or these government property statutes that do not apply here because the Presidential Records Act applies and you can't obstruct investigations into non-crimes. You can't obstruct investigations into uh, investigations that the federal government has no business investigating, right? So th this is this is a political charade. Cannon's, uh, Cannon's order is going to let the special master blow this over. Real quickly, how do people get to you at Article 3? Article3project.org, article3project.org, at Article3project, at Article3project, and my personal is MRDDMIA, MRDDMIA. Mike Davis, keep fighting. Short break. Cortez back. The economy in Mexico next. In Joe Biden's America, criminals are exalted and the police are condemned sad to say, but you need to be prepared and properly trained to defend yourself and to defend your family. Thankfully, there's iTarget Pro. This revolutionary system allows you to dry fire practice with your actual firearm anytime in the safety and privacy of your own home. No more inconvenient trips to the range, and with inflation causing the price of ammo to skyrocket, you save a ton of money. Just download iTarget's proprietary app, load the laser bullet into your firearm, and start your training experience. iTarget will help you develop muscle memory, sharpen target reaction speed, sight alignment, trigger function, and more. iTarget Pro comes in all the major calibers, so you can stay sharp with almost any firearm. Go to iTargetPro.com right now and save 10% plus. Get free shipping with the offer code Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N. All one word. This makes a great gift for Father's Day and is less expensive than a few hours at the range. That's the letter itargetpro.com. That's itargetpro.com. Offer code Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N.
Mexicans are calling modern colonialism. The heavy influx of Americans moving to Mexico City to take advantage of lower living costs. Other locals are calling it gentrification, a plague, or even an invasion. What? Behind you! Oh my god! You're thinking of moving to Mexico City? Wow. One simple recommendation. Gentrification is the name of the game. Critics say the flood of Americans has caused an increase in the cost of basic necessities for locals. Rent has more than doubled for some. This is not to mention that Mexico City residents already spend an average of 60% of their income on housing. The same people moving are the same ones who complain when immigrants come to America. And of course, natives are upset as they should be. Many Americans moving to Mexico City are working remotely and still getting paid in US dollars. Some locals have benefited from increasing tourism, but for many, that doesn't balance out rising costs and inflation. Mexicans are also fed up with Americans ignoring cultural and social norms. And some complain that in certain places, English is more common than Spanish. Local businesses are being forced to shut down and replaced by cafes and Pilates studios. People who live in Mexico City and people who work in Mexico City, including myself, we want to get a place, but it's really difficult because the prices are so high and even with a good salary, okay, let's it's go ahead. Uh, very difficult. This is a very powerful video about reverse about colonization. But let's go to the Border Education Conference down in Austin, Texas. I've got Congressman Chip Roy and Ben Burkwam. Ben, tell us what's going on. What, what is this conference about? Uh, why do we need to educate people on the border? I thought it was pretty self-evident we have an invasion going on, sir. <laughs> Yeah, no, it clearly is for, for you and I, Steve, and for our audience, the, uh, the war room posse. The problem is most of Americans have no clue that this is going on. And, and uh, I'm here with Congressman Chip Roy, as you mentioned. And uh, Chip, you said it best. This is not uh, unintentional. This is intentional. This is not an accident. This is intentional. And this is that's the real thing, Steve. America needs to know that Washington, D.C. is intentionally having our country be invaded. Chip? Yeah, no, this is exactly right. And we know this here, right? And, and I think most of the listeners here know that because they follow this stuff closely. But uh, they're intentionally releasing people in the United States in violation of law to the detriment of, of Texans, of Americans. People are dying, fentanyl overdoses and poisonings right here in Austin, Texas. In fact, in Hayes County, just south of here, which I represent, we had three kids die in the last month because of these fentanyl poisonings. We had a University of Texas football star last year die from taking Xanax laced with fentanyl. It's happening in real time. Americans are dying. Migrants, by the way, are dying on ranches in the border. Uh, up to the, almost a thousand migrants who've died along the Rio Grande or in ranches. And and the, the fact is, to the point that was just raised about, well, why do we need to raise this? Don't everybody know this? We held a forum in, in, in February or March, I think, March. And I brought Mark Morgan in, right, the Border Patrol head under Trump, Tom Homan, all of our good friend, you know, head of ICE under Trump. And we had a big meeting and we exposed all this. I had a senior member of the Texas delegation come up to me afterwards and say, uh, I didn't know it was that bad. Huh. I'm not kidding. Huh. This is truth. So we're going to keep doing things like this. We're going to I'll go anywhere. Anybody wants me to go in Texas and elevate this point because people are dying. It's destroying the sovereignty of the United States. Uh, cartels are empowered. And this isn't, in fact, an invasion. And we ought to act accordingly. Uh, ben, ask, ask, the, yeah, ask the congressman. We've played his video so many times of him in Congress pointing this out, hammering guys in testimony, all of it. McCarthy and, and the Republicans are coming out on September 19th with this plan, this, this what we'll do different than the Democrats. Can Congressman Roy, will he be part of that to say, hey, look, we can't play games anymore. And particularly the Hispanic Americans are the ones that are being destroyed in South Texas, the Rio Grande Valley, Arizona. It, yep. is, are we going to have a real, is a guy like Chip Roy going to be the tip of the spear? Somebody who knows what the problem is, knows what solutions are, doesn't have to get up to speed. He's there or are we going to play patty cake and just kind of kick the can down the road and let this go on and on and on? Congressman Roy. Well, look, first of all, we know what we need to do. We need the infrastructure. We need to finish the wall. We need to build the roads. We need to clear the cane. We need the policies immediately to turn people away. And you're, you're only here if you're being fully detained for the adjudication of a claim. We need to empower ICE to remove people. And we need to take the knees out from under the cartels. We know what to do. That's your plan. We could do it easily. Do I think that Republicans are in their, quote, commitment to America going to embrace some or all of those things? Yes, because some of us have been beating the drum for the last six months to do so. I put all that material in front of them. I've been arguing for it. Do I think it will be as hard hitting as it should be? Do I think it will be as embraced as it should be? And here's the important part. 
Will Republicans pledge not to fund government when they're put in power that uh, if they don't get changes to these policies? I would argue that should be what we do. Pledge the American people. We come in. We're going to have a fight over this. And you're not going to get another frigging dollar of taxpayer money or borrowed money or printed money to go spend to advance a Democratic agenda unless we get what we need to do to secure the border of the United States. I think there's some other things like vaccine mandates and some other crap that we ought to deal with. But we have to secure the border. Will Republicans pick that fight? I mean, listen, the Senate GOP this morning is talking about getting 10 uh, more senators for, uh, you know, to support gay marriage. It's like, look, guys, keep your eye on the prize. Secure the dang border. Stop spending money we don't have. Go fight for the people. Stop, you know, turning us into a energy desert. And let's actually open up our American oil and gas. But those are different di- topics for a different day. Yeah, different priorities. Congressman, con- hang on. C- Congressman Roy, do you agree that this is the best thing we can do for Hispanic Americans, that if we were really tough in this, that Hispanic Americans would start to vote MAGA and start to vote Republicans in overwhelming numbers? There is zero question. Look, President Trump was so extraordinarily popular and motivating people because he stood up and fought and he actually stood, did what he said he would do. Yeah. And so Hispanic Americans were flocking to the Republican Party. Now they're kind of going, well, is this Republican Party going to stand up and fight or not? And we need to actually stand up to defend the very communities that attracted people to come here. People don't want to come here if we're a lawless uh, society without the rule of law. Uh, Hispanic Americans want a secure border. Hispanic Texans in South Texas are speaking loudly. They want a secure border. A year ago, I was in Laredo with Ted Cruz. We were driving around and and we engaged with all of the leadership there. Lifelong Hispanic Democrats in charge of Webb County. They were furious with the Biden administration. We drove down the uh, river and we went through Zapata County and there was an F Biden flag (laughs) flying in the square. I mean, look, we have the opportunity of a lifetime if we'll actually grow a pair of, you know what, and actually go fight. But we've got to do it. Congressman Roy, how do do people follow you? What's your social media and how do people follow you? Because you're one of the best guys, if not the best guy, about what needs to be done on the border. Well, you're kind to say that. I'm just doing what I said I would do. And the people of Texas are demanding this and, and they're right to do so. And I'm going to go fight for them. Uh, Chip Roy, C-H-I-P-R-O-Y-T-X uh, on Twitter. Uh, you can go to roy.house.gov for my official stuff. I have no idea what my Facebook or uh, Instagram is, but uh, I'm sure I've got that too. <laughs> yes, sir. Ben, the welcome. Congress. Uh, Congressman Roy, thank you so much. Ben, we're going to come back to you in a second. Appreciate it. You stay right there. Ben Burkwam at the Border Education Conference down in Austin, Texas. That's Chip Roy. Cortez, he's got it, right? I mean, all your analysis shows this. You've been been beating this from 15 when you first came on, 16. You were the earliest guy to come on to the Trump movement, and you saw why. Give me your assessment of Chip Roy. Yes, and listen, we I want to reinforce people uh, and encourage them. We are in the early innings of this secular shift of working class people of all races and ethnicities, but right now we're focusing on Hispanics, on their move to the political right. I'm glad that Congressman Roy, who has just been a champion for American sovereignty, I'm glad he mentioned specifically Zapata County, which is on the U.S.-Mexico border. Donald Trump, between 2016 and 2020, he rallied 38% on margin in Zapata County. He lost it by 33%. He got clobbered there in 2016. He won it by 5%. In 2020, Steve, you know dang well that those kinds of moves in only four years in presidential politics are absolutely unprecedented. And that is proof positive that we have the winning message and that Hispanics rally to the combination of cultural conservatism plus economic populist nationalism. And a key component of that nationalism is a secure border. And Steve, speaking of nationalism, I'm so glad that you played that tape from Mexico. Uh, that video was put out by a very leftist organization, a large one with over a million followers on Twitter. And it's interesting because they sound a lot like Mexican nationalists demanding sovereignty over their country and over their capital city, Mexico City, which the locals refer to as DFA. And by the way, I say to those Mexican nationalists, viva Mexico. Good for them. Big they time. have every they have every right every right to determine the manner and the extent of migration that they welcome or tolerate into it, their country. Absolutely, every everything that was said in that video, we support. Warren supports hundred percent, hundred percent. Steve, look at the things that they complained about in that video. They complained about rising prices. This is a quote. They complained about ignoring cultural and social norms. They complained about these Americans in DFA speaking in a foreign tongue. All right. These are the legitimate complaints of a sovereign people in Mexico City. And again, they have every right 
to make these assertions. And there's nothing bigoted or racist about it. Not when Mexicans say it in Mexico City, not when Americans say it anywhere in the United States. This idea of globalist uncontrolled migration only works for the Davos affiliated ruling class. It is terrible for working class people. And again, that's just as true for Mexico as it is yeah. for the United States. Think about it. Think about it, too. The majority of that's going to be the woke elite, right, that can work anywhere. I mean, that's like a right. contagion coming into your country. Why would you want that? Right. No, exactly. We're not that crazy about it. We're not crazy about it right. here. They're writing off. They're writing off a trillion dollars worth of these guys loans so they can go down to Mexico City. And the people there saying, hey, working class people can't afford to live. It's 60 percent right. of our incomes just on just on housing. These guys are coming and jacking up the price. It's like the worst virus in the world to go there. Steve Cortez. No. It's the worst thing that America could possibly export, right, are these elite laptop class warriors who are now able to work from anywhere in Mexico City, being in a U.S. time zone, a much more affordable city than places like Los Angeles or San Francisco in the United States, is understandably attracting a lot of these folks. But you're exactly correct. The salt of the earth Americans, the kinds of people that they might actually welcome, people who work with their minds and their hands, uh, they can't work from anywhere. They can't simply go to Day FA and, and post up. But, you know, I, Steve, I also think that this is a, a good introduction to another point, which is key. The New York Times. Homeowners beware. You could already be the victim of home title theft and not have a clue. Some cyber thief may have already forged his name onto the title to your home. Think about that for a second. May already have forged his name onto the title of your home and you not know it. Well, here's how you find out. My partners at Home Title Lock have a special free offer to my listeners. Now go to HomeTitleLock.com. Then simply enter your address for your free no obligation home title scan. This is how you discover if a cyber thief is already camping on your home's title. Look, the title to your home is the only document that proves you own it. And once he forges your title, he can take out loans in your home to forge your name, stating that he's the new owner. First things first, let's make sure your home's title is securely in your name. You can do that now by going to HomeTitleLock.com and use my promo code RADIO, R-A-D-I-O, RADIO. Then enter your address for free, no obligation, home title scan. That's a $100 value, totally free. Again, that's HomeTitleLock.com, code RADIO. HomeTitleLock.com, code RADIO. Do this today, take action. Getter has arrived. The new social media taking on big tech, protecting free speech, and canceling cancel culture. Join the marketplace of ideas. The platform for independent thought has arrived. Superior technology. No more selling your personal data. No more censorship. No more cancel culture. Enough. Getter has arrived. It's time to say what you want the way you want. Download now. Welcome back. By the way, uh, here's how much I love Getter. Cortez, your thing was so good last night. I actually linked to your entire uh, Getter Live. What was it? Oligarchs versus uh, freedom? Oligarchs versus uh, democracy? That, that thing was so powerful. And the Getter Live was amazing. We put it up and it's gotten tons of uh, re, repost. Ton, tons of, no, the Getter, it's just such a great tool. You came up right after the, the War Room's second hour in the evening. It was just fantastic. I want to make sure everybody, by the way, a lot of what we're talking about there's an article I have up on Getter, if Denver can have it, I think it's on uh, from Fox, Fox News or Fox Business that talks about, guess what, Steve Cortez, what we've been talking about, uh, Russia and China now are talking about clearing payments, clearing payments in, in, right. in rubles or in currency other than the dollar. The second part of my end of the dollar empire, this is the fall of the dollar as the prime reserve currency. This is happening. I'm not right. saying it's going to change overnight, but the, the, sure. you have very smart people out the world saying, hey, we've had enough of this. We're not going to be, have everything converted into dollars. And our enemies that now, because the Biden administration's policies have driven these, you know, Iran, Russia, China, under the CCP's guidance to kind of control the Eurasian landmass, uh, now they're going to start doing it in their own currency. And that is going to be a major shift in American economic prosperity, everything we've got going on. You've got to get this. Go to birchgold.com forward slash bandit. You can get the original one, which is the politics of money, and now the new one about the fall of the dollar as the prime reserve currency. And uh, these are all free. 
But as part of this, we're going to go on and go in much more detail than this in the in the days and weeks ahead. Steve Cortez, uh, well, I want to go back to something we just couldn't get in a second. I know you're going to talk about right. the markets and, and, and the, but Obama's quote because you, you came yes. back to me and said, "Hey, look, the, the biggest proponent against this was Barack Obama." Right. Can you walk us through that? Right. Believe it or not, I don't often quote Barack Obama in the affirmative, but I certainly am here. And I have a new article up on my Substack about this very topic of Joe Biden's atrocious abuse of the asylum generosity of the United States. So I encourage you to please read it. And in that article, I quote Barack Obama from 2014, because Joe Biden, if you want to know just how radical he is and his policies are, he is well to the left of Barack Obama. Here's what Barack Obama said in 2014. He was meeting at the White House with Latin American leaders who were sending, unfortunately, their countries were sending uh, scores of really hordes of economic migrants who were trying to pose as asylum seekers. Here's what Obama said, quote, refugee status is not granted just based on economic need or because a family lives in a bad neighborhood or poverty. It's typically defined fairly narrowly. The state, for example, that was targeting political activists and they need to get out of the country for fear of prosecution or even death. That is Barack Obama. And Steve, Obama is exactly correct there. The legitimate criteria to be a refugee who truly needs the protection of the American state. And we have always had a generous heart for those people, for people who are legitimately fearing persecution because of their race or their religion or their political beliefs. That is a very narrow set of criteria. And living in a bad neighborhood, living in a scary neighborhood, not having economic opportunity. None of those circumstances qualifies for asylum. And why? Because many Americans live with those circumstances. Poor children in Baltimore, poor children in Chicago live in bad neighborhoods with poverty and attend failing government schools. A lot of workers in Appalachia descend into lives of despair. Why? Because the globalists took away their factories and sent them over to China. So millions and millions of Americans live in tough neighborhoods or face tough circumstances. That can never be the criteria to usher into the United States one million unvetted and uninvited migrants who trespass, who break and enter into our country to receive generous benefits. Steve, getting back to this New York Times story, uh, it was appalling to me to read about just how lavish really the benefits are for these folks. When they get to the United States, they, they stay in hotels. They eat taxpayer-funded meals. Their children attend U.S. public schools. Tell me how this serves the interests of working-class Americans. And Steve, it would be wrong at any time, but it is particularly wrong at a time like this of historic economic duress when American citizens are struggling just to pay for the necessities of life. The idea that Joe Biden incentivizes and welcomes 5 million illegals to come into this country one million of them under the guise of asylum seeking. Steve, that alone to me is justification enough to impeach this totally illegitimate President Joe Biden. I think this invasion, what it is, will be the first article of impeachment. I think the Hunter Biden situation will come. It'll be the second article. But uh, I want to go, this is, and by the way, we're not demonizing the people coming. They're making a logical decision. You read the New York Times article, of course you're going to come. Why sure. wouldn't you? But the, the one million, I want to make sure you just reiterate again, how many years even before there's a hearing? Because the right. process, once you're in the process, takes, give us, tell us what the scam is as far as the process itself. Right. On average, seven years. That is according to the New York Times. On average, that is how long they are going to wait to get a hearing decision. Seven years. And in the meantime, again, I think this is incredibly important. Let's go back to Portland, Maine, a town of only 66,000 people. This is what Portland, Maine is doing right now. Taxpayers paying for this. Two, and I'm quoting from the New York Times article, 200 housing units for asylum seekers in the Portland area are being constructed to provide rental assistance for two years. For two years. Not for Americans, not for working class Americans who are having a hard time because of the Biden recession and the Biden inflation explosion. No, for foreign nationals who come from, by the way, 150 countries in total. Steve, there are not 150 countries in the world that are oppressive to their own citizens. That just does not exist. That alone uh, reveals the scam that is at work here. So here's, look, I don't want to just, though, uh, castigate those who are doing this. They deserve it. But I want to also uh, give a, a solution, provide a fix for this. The Republicans, once they take power in January of next year, 
need to suspend the entirety of the asylum program of the United States. They need to make Joe Biden veto that. He probably will veto it, but make him veto it. Suspend our current asylum system because it's utterly broken. And then once we have a Republican president, whom I believe will be and hope and believe will be Donald Trump, uh, let's fix it. Let's create a new workable asylum system that actually gives protection to people fleeing for their lives. Steve, Steve, I'm going to ask you to stay over a minute or two into the next break. I know you got to bounce. Okay. Uh, we're going to go back to the Board of Education Conference. We got Mike Lindell talking about the machines. We're bringing in some technical people so you can understand what they're talking about in this Mesa, Colorado, this big report, the number three report. Charlie Kirk, a lot going on in the second hour. Hang on. You're in the war room. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. Do it again. WARROOM HEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out. They put Peter Navarro in leg irons for simply doing his constitutional duty. Now they want to put Peter in prison for standing up for Donald Trump. Please go to Amazon right now and order Taking Back Trump's America to help fund Peter's legal defense. Taking Back Trump's America provides a critical MAGA blueprint to put Trump back in the White House in 2024. Buy Taking Back Trump's America on Amazon today. If they can put Peter Navarro in prison, they can come for all of us. War Room Posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplugged Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash warroom to install the Unplugged suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency. 